Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, then all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for May 3rd, 2020. Koyo here. So very, very glad you joined us. Yes, indeed. Well, what I've been doing every day uh, for a couple of hours, perhaps when in the morning hours when it's still cool, uh, go out into the garden. I've been spending more time uh, recently in the orchard area, which is separate from my vegetable garden area. And uh, I planted three trees the last few days. I planted, uh, well, I had uh, uh, a few years ago, I had planted some cherries. uh, And uh, these trees didn't make it. They lasted a a year or two, but then they died. So I don't know what, what's what's going. What it's a mystery. I don't know why they didn't make it. But anyway, they. I waited uh, a year or so, make sure they're not going to come back, you know. And uh, so it's been a couple of years. And so this last week, I I bought another cherry, and I bought two persimmon trees. And uh, I had the three vacant, and I uh, dug up those spots and amended the soil and planted these three trees. And we'll see what happens. Now it's up to nature. Uh, I planted a, a one. A, the persimmon trees are called persimmon is called kaki in Japanese, so, uh, and there's two kinds of kaki. Uh, fuyu is the round one that you, is hard and you eat like apple. The hachiya is a persimmon that is more triangle, pear-shaped, triangular-shaped, and you have to wait uh, until it gets soft. Then it gets sweet. If you bite into a hachiya when it's not soft, 
ooh, it's so it's so uh, sour. It really, uh, it's quite a taste. But we could learn a lot from my oneness orchard and uh, nature, trees. There, when you think about it, there's a a lot of literature, poems, uh, stories, uh, botanists write books on uh, aspects of trees, and uh, there's a lot of literature about the amazingness, the miracle that trees are. And uh, from a Buddhist perspective, you know, nature is a great teacher. And like in all kind of other traditions, there's so many stories, teaching stories that involve trees or aspects of trees. Uh, there's the famous maple leaf poem, haiku, maple leaf falling down, showing front, showing back, you know, very famous haiku there. Uh, of course, the monk saw, the monk was walking on the countryside this was in the in autumn, and he saw one single maple leaf falling down, and he saw it showing front, showing back, and he uh, said to himself, "Oh, how natural! That leaf shows the front and the back, not like we humans. Even me as a monk, I want to show my front side. I don't want to show my back side." <laughs> You know, we keep our front porch all clean, but our back porch, oh, it's all messy, you know. Uh, there's a, uh, I remember one time in springtime, uh, I was driving my father, and we were driving down the street. It was very early spring, but we had a little bit of a mini heat wave. And so some of the uh, big old buds were coming out on some of the trees. And... Uh, I was driving along, my father noticed that those trees, and he just said, uh, gee, nature is so honest. If it gets warm, it's going to bud out, you know. Uh, Roots, there's a lot of analogies and teaching stories about about roots, and uh, trees have fantastic root systems just like people have uh, our social uh, root systems you know family and friends and um, it's quite extensive when you think about our social networks and almost everything that we are is through our relationships our parents I mean we couldn't be alive without, you know, other people. Especially when we're young, we have to be taken care of. Not like other uh, animals that some of them, uh, the mother, you know, doesn't have to do anything. Uh, the little ones are born and they're they're ready to take off. But humans, we need a lot of years. A lot, sometimes a lot, a lot of years before <laughs> we really grow up. But I was thinking about uh, this one teaching story about roots, uh, a teaching of how extensive 
a root system is for a plant. And this is the story as I remember it is, and I think it was based upon a true, a true story uh, about some botanist at a university uh, botany department, and they wanted to study the extensiveness of a root system in a very objective way. And so what they did was they took one rye plant, is a very young shoot, and they they got a box, filled it up with dirt, put the one rye plant in the middle of it, planted it. It grew up to maturity. Then what the scientists did is they removed all the dirt so that the root system was exposed, and they wanted to measure the length. Uh, if all the, the lengths of all the roots and subroots and so forth were all added together into one long line, how long would that line be? Now, they were able to measure, uh, you know, some of the bigger roots. Uh, but when you think about it, okay, the, the main tap root branches off as some branches, and then the branches branch off, et cetera, et cetera. And they even could document that microscopic tiny roots exist. You can't see them with your bare bare eyes, but they could they could uh, find out how much was on a particular you know microscopic roots, and then they could extrapolate and make a pretty good estimate about how many microscopic roots was in the whole plant root system. So they added everything together, the lengths, and how long. Would you think that line was? Now, this is the article that I read. It said that, how long was it? It was 25,000 miles long. Whoa! I said, just about as long as the circumference of the Earth, you know, at the equator, in the circumference. Our Earth at 25,000 miles. That, that one root could go all the way around the, the Earth. That's, you know, that's amazing. Now, I I can't vouch for the accuracy of it, but the point is it's extensive. And if that if one plant has that extensive of a root system, you know, can you imagine how extensive for a complex human being, all the social network influences, all the lives, primary, important uh, uh, parents and friends and so forth, but all kinds of strangers, all kinds of people, uh, especially, you know, like with this coronavirus, uh, people are starting to appreciate what they used to take for granted. Delivery people for the food, salespeople, when you cut, when you have to count these people in terms of what sustains us, there's so many lives. Okay, our social network system is so vast. Okay, more so than the root system the example that I just gave. This is a tremendous thing. So anyway, I was thinking about trees. 
this week. And next, I want to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse. This is Sarah. Uh, she's part of our LM12 group. This is the group that uh, is just finishing up. You know, they almost completed a two-year program. This is the next to last class today, Sunday. They meet every Sunday, and then next Sunday, May 10th, is their last class. And the last book that they do is the, our Remembering Sensei book, which is the book that the Kubose family wrote when Reverend Gyome Kubose passed away. And we wrote this book in his honor. It's, it has a lot of biography in there and a lot of pictures and stuff. Uh, but it documents his life. There's some important articles in there. So uh, that's our last class, Remembering Sensei, on May 10th next week. And then the two weeks from today, they're going to have their induction, lay ministry induction ceremony. And this year it's going to be virtual. Okay. And uh, it's very interesting where um, uh, it's our first ever virtual induction ceremony. So LM12 is uh, very unique in that sense. Okay, let's hear from Sarah-san. My name is Sarah Rufail. Good morning. Um, my name is Sarah. I'm really excited to share with you my Dharma glimpse which is titled Bubbles. Today, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning, about four hours earlier than I normally get out of bed, to my dog whining softly. He needed to use the bathroom. He's approaching 20 years old, so this isn't anything new. His name is Spunky, by the way, not Bubbles. Um, so I'm sorry to disappoint you. This is not a glimpse about him. I just can't help taking any opportunity to mention my dogs. I've become one of those people, apparently. Anyways, I took him outside wearing a bathrobe, and although it's late April, it was about to snow. The ice-cold hair hit me like a ton of bricks in my flimsy attire, so when I crawled back into bed, I was very, very awake. That's when I started thinking about bubbles at 4.30 a.m. Why not? Many of my colleagues have children, and while under stay-at-home orders, I've heard many parents of young children to me that having bottles of bubbles around has been an absolute necessity. And I don't have children, but I will fully admit to being a fan of bubbles and even thought about getting some for myself. So as a child, my sisters and I always tried to catch bubbles. Um, and of course, every time you know they would pop as soon as we touched them. The mismatch, I think, of the material makeup and the environment of my hand compared to the surface of the bubble always meant that the moment my fingertip came into contact, the bubble would burst into a fine mist of disappointment. So I started to wonder, how can you catch a bubble? Is catch even the right word for what it would mean to secure a bubble in your hand? And then I started to wonder and search my different experiences, my, you know, vague scientific understandings, um, and just to understand, like, what 
what could possibly be there? Um, why am I thinking about this at 4.30 in the morning? And I really hoped that this bubble thinking would end so I could go back to bed. But then suddenly the song, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria, came into my head. And the line, how do you catch a wave upon the sand, repeated over and over. So at this point, it was clear to me that I was going to be awake for a while. So I let my mind explore bubbles to its own content. And I remembered I'd seen videos of people with bubbles in their hands, and sometimes even massive bubbles, which is always really cool. And it seems the trick is to have that soapy, bubbly solution completely covering your hands so that the bubble can survive that initial contact. And you must become bubbles, I guess, to hold bubbles. And if you clasp it too tightly, you're going to lose it anyway, in spite of how well you've prepared your soapy hands. So I started thinking similar in the way of that sand and wave equation. Sand can't catch waves, and if a wave does happen to be trapped on the sand, it's not really a wave anymore, is it? It's more like a puddle, and the wave has kind of been lost. And then, so what I, from my experience, what's really cool about when you have all this soapy stuff on your skin, even with a slight touch to that floating bubble, the bubble appears to be attracted um, to your touch, and it nestles right into the palm of your hand, and it just stays there. And, you know, as a kid, you think, like, that's magic. Um, and as an adult at 4.30 a.m. when you're trying to fall asleep, you're just kind of realizing that you can't catch bubbles. You you have to invite bubbles um, through preparedness and gentleness and non-grasping. That's when I realized I was contemplating the Dharma and using bubbles at 4.30 a.m. You know, and otherwise with bubbles, if you want them too much, you act too hastily, you don't prepare, you clasp, you clasp on too tight, because you're afraid that thing is that you want is going to escape, and then you kill your bubble. And sometimes I know I wonder, I'm sure a lot of people wonder, you know, well, how do people become enlightened, and what does it look like or mean to become enlightened? You know, and at times, sometimes that just seems really profound and exclusive and elusive. It's just a faraway, you know, concept for me. But at 5 a.m., I started to think, Maybe enlightenment and a lot of other such things on my mind have an awful lot in common with bubbles. So I finally smiled and I went back to sleep. A deep gusho to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just kind of charting some notes long as I listen to that. <laughs> enlightenment is similar to to the bubbles. Very interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Uh, really a great example of, uh, you know, everyday life experiences, uh, catching bubbles. But if you're on, if you're a truth seeker and you're on a spiritual journey, yeah, everything can be related and be uh, personalized. Uh, that's a tremendous that, you know, that's why when I was talking about the maple leaf uh, haiku example, uh, in the mind of somebody that wasn't was not a monk, they wouldn't have the same experience with the common scene of a leaf fall down in autumn, you know. But it takes that event. 
And then the kind of perception or interpretation that's given okay, depends upon that individual's where he's coming from, what his perspective is, what's you know, what's his priorities, you know, what is, who is he? And very, very similar processes involved. Okay, uh, that's common to all kinds of seeing the Dharma in everyday life situations. This is a tremendous. Well, I don't know if you call it a spiritual tool or attitude more of an attitude than a tool and uh, to be able to become that kind of a person who has sort of has a permanent Dharma glasses on (laughs) you know Uh, boy okay Uh, I didn't want to say When uh, the induction is going to happen for LM12 in a couple of weeks, and Sarah will be part of it. You know, LM12 uh, has three groups. Uh, the group has to be, uh, you know, capped at a certain number of people. Otherwise, because they have small group discussions, so you can't get the it's, uh, it's not optimal if there's too many people. So uh, LM12 turned out to have 16 people total in three groups, five, five, and six. It's the largest group LM12 total that we've ever had in terms of uh, inductees. And it was kind of uh, uh, hard to keep track just logistically well, what group is this person in, and and how is this group curriculum going, uh, and so forth, and compared to other ones, and because uh, you couldn't have the same curriculum course order for all three groups, you had to stagger them around in terms of the getting the uh, other past uh, bright on lay ministers to be host facilitators for these different classes and all this stuff. So uh, we said, oh, gee, maybe it's better to limit each year the new term to only one group, okay? And uh, so LM13 is seven people and only one group. If some people applied, uh, then they would be asked to wait until the next year, okay, for LM14 and so forth. It makes it a little bit more exclusive in a sense, okay? And you, and you, but but uh, people wait. They're willing to wait because they got a lot of things going on in their life, and this kind of program is a life commitment. Uh, it's not something that you you know you would do uh, like a quick quick uh, 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 yoga class or something, and you know where if you don't do it right away, then maybe you, you lose interest in it or something. Okay. But here, these are committed people, so they'll wait. And, and two years later, I say, okay, <laughs> you're up. Okay. You were on the waiting list. Now you're up. So we'll see how this, uh, how this works. Okay. 
maybe if we get too many in LM for LM14, maybe we'll we'll give in and say, oh gee, it's kind of a shame to make them wait two years. Well, let's make two groups out of 14. No, 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 we we we, we want to limit it to one, you know, because of the logistics and the administrative headaches and stuff. So we'll have to see what happens. But I was thinking about that when we think about LM12, LM12A, B, and C. That's the ABC of it. <laughs> That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a wonderful day. <laughs>